You don't have to run around like a headless chicken looking at every shiny object and learning every new strategy and tactic. You have a filter where you can see something new come along and you're like, is that relevant to me or is that not relevant to me? Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. It's time for episode 101 of the McMethod Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover how to get more customers with less effort on autopilot. Today, I'll be talking to Megan Macedo about uh, how people can be themselves in their marketing. Basically, it's about being authentic, letting yourself go, and being real. And this sounds a bit fluffy and a bit woo-woo, but uh, as I found, as a lot of people find when they get uh, more experience in the game. Being yourself, and this applies to freelancers and consultants as well as to build with big, uh, much bigger companies. Just be yourself. You know, you look at a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Sells wine, built a you know, built a quite a sizable company there, and uh, you can tell he's just being himself. He's getting on stage, he's talking, he's you know, on social media is the same. He's just being himself. Now, obviously, you want to be your best self, and there's a few things in there, and you want to find out how you appeal to the market, but. There was an element where you have to learn to just relax in your own skin and be your own thing, and this is also going to help with getting your own uh, positioning and uh, and and uniqueness set out there about you. So instead of learning a bunch of strategies and tactics and then not doing with it, focus on the fundamentals, which is what's going to fit you as a person, what's going to fit your personality and uh, your unique set of who you are, really. So this is more, you know, stop basically trying to be someone you're not. Learn to be who you are, and uh, funnily enough, it will actually help you in your business. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themakemethod.com slash 101. Now, a couple of things before we get into the episode with Megan today. Number one, uh, if you'd like, uh, you know, you've probably been listening to this podcast, you know the benefits of email marketing, you know you need to get more customers, you know you need to build a sales funnel, but you just don't have the time and you'd rather just hire someone to do it for you. If that sounds like you, then uh, we should talk because this is what I do is, you know, alongside the, the training that I sell on the podcast and all that stuff, I actually work one-on-one with clients to set them up with, uh, you know, all sorts of sales funnels and email conversion campaigns, exactly the sort of stuff that I'm talking about on this podcast with the guests, but I'll do it for you personally okay now if you want to learn more about that or if you want to have a quick chat on skype to uh, to see what it would look like in your business shoot me an email john at the com, and uh, we'll set up a time to have a quick chat now this week's mcmasters inside of the week is a really simple formula that i like to call the dap formula great for sales letters it's good go and do all your research get your empathy down understand who you're trying to talk to and then it's really simple use this formula number one you describe the problem it's like saying, well, are you overweight? Here you go, you've described the problem. Next thing, you agitate the problem. So that's where you go. Are you overweight? Man, life sucks when you're overweight, doesn't it? You know, you can't fit in airline seats and people laugh at you and smirk. You, you know, it's really hard to find clothes that you can fit into. Life's really tough, isn't it? That's rubbing salt in the wind. That's agitating it. And then number three is step three. So describe the problem, agitate it, and then present your solution. So you kind of go, that's what you, you might say. You First, you present the uh, the problem. Describe the problem. Are you overweight? Then you agitate it. Man, being overweight sucks. Here's why. You know, you, no one likes you. No one's attracted to you. Blah blah blah. And then you describe, uh, present your solution. Where you say, well, that's why I created the three-step system to seven-minute weight loss, or something like that. It's that simple. And obviously, you can go really deep into that formula. But I mean, at the end of the day, most, I think, all marketing often comes back to that idea of the problem. Rub some salt in the wound. Give them the solution. It's that simple. 
There are all sorts of ways of like digging down into this, but that's the that's the inside of the week for this week from McMaster's, and that's actually it's actually comes from one of the videos. There's a some you know, one hour training session inside McMaster's, the private training community on how to how to basically go going deeper into this formula on how you can apply it in your business and, and generate more sales. And this applies with emails, with sales pages, with the entire sales funnel as a whole. It all comes back to this hitting the problem, rubbing salt in the wound, giving them your solution, and doing that over and over and over and over again. You see what I mean if you watch this video inside McMaster's. Uh, so McMaster's private training community, it's at themcmethod.com. Top menu, there's a link to McMaster's. Go check it out if you're interested. And that's for people who want to write, you know, create their own email marketing themselves. And number three, I've got uh, one review to read out, and then we'll get into this interview with Megan. Today's interview is today, today's review is from Sean Douglas. Five stars. So much more than a cocky guy with this tongue hanging out. Attention podcast listener, don't be like me and make the almost fatal decision of passing up John's podcast because he looks like a cocky guy with his tongue hanging out on his iTunes photo for the show. That's funny. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Sean, if I had to choose a show to listen to and knew nothing about the various podcasts out there on email marketing, John's would be the last I would go with because of his pick. That's really, you know, it, it makes me laugh because I never thought someone would think that. I thought the pick was cool. You know, maybe I was wrong. I hear you. But let me save you the wasted time of searching through those losers and just tell you to look down the long list of interviews with world-class marketers and it will be enough for you to go to his website, themcmethod.com, and buy his stuff even before you listen to one show. Sounds crazy. Well, you're probably right, but that's what I did. Tell you what, first impressions can be powerful, and you may still hesitate to listen despite what I just told you, so don't take my word for it. Here's what marketing legend Brian Kurtz has to say about John in episode 66 at 46 minutes in. I can just tell by the way you ask questions and prepare for an interview that you're someone that really gets all of this email autoresponder marketing, and that you really want to teach your audience about anything they need to know about email marketing. That's from Brian Kurtz. Now is the time to drop what you're doing and listen to the McMethod email marketing podcast. Sean Douglas. P.S. Thank you, John, for a terrific show, and I sure hope I've reached rock star level for your show. I could really use a few groupies while listening. Sean, the groupies are on the way. I'll put them in the mail for you this afternoon, and they should arrive within 24 hours. Thanks to this review, you are a legend. I love you. I have a huge grin on my face right now, and there's people looking at me weirdly because I'm in a quiet little cafe, and I'm not meant to be smiling like this. Anyway, that's it for now. That's it for that review. Let's get into this uh, interview with Miss Megan Macedo. Hey, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Megan Macedo. Now, Megan is a uh, another copywriter, another direct response uh, marketer. And she came to me via, uh, once again, like some of the other guests I've interviewed for this podcast, she came via, you know, someone who recommended her, Julian. My man, Julian, he's probably going to li- be listening to this at some point. So, uh, hello, Julian. Um, he uh, basically pointed out that uh, that Megan's been doing some some really cool stuff, and he'd heard like a teleclass or like a webinar that she'd done in the past on on uh, customer empathy and really understanding who you're trying to talk to. So I was like, all right, well, let's get Megan on. Let's find out what she wants to talk about, and then and let's make a podcast. I would have some fun. So I've got Megan here, and uh, is, I found a cool little testimonial that she's got on her site from Perry Marshall, uh, who's who's a baller, but also the the testimonial was Megan is the Brené Brown of marketing, and uh, Brené Brown isn't actually she's I mean she's She's like a PhD researcher. She does. She's got one of the most popular TED Talk videos online uh, of all time. Not TEDx. It's the real TED. And uh, great video on vulnerability. And you know, she's also got a book which is worth reading if you're interested in, in shame and in man and woman. It sounds a bit like you know woo woo, but it's actually fascinating. The whole thing. But that's a different story. But anyway, Perry's saying that Megan is the Brené Brown of marketing, and uh, you know th- that's actually funnily enough what we're going to talk about today. It's not so much about the strategies and the tactics, and you know another little trick you can plug into your business to, to make some more money. So I asked Megan what she wanted to 
talk about because I find that's the best way to get a good topic, get some good content happening. And uh, as you'll find out in a minute, we're going to talk about instead of the strategies, instead of the tactics, it's a lot of it's how to be vulnerable, how to be vulnerable, how to kind of in instead of trying to like create a fake thing that you're trying to put out there. I'm, uh, I'll let her explain it in a minute, but instead of putting like a sort of a fake persona out there, learn to be yourself, open up and uh, create your own sort of persona, just be real, which sounds kind of scary and also a bit, it's a bit loose. People need a framework, but uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. Megan, how are you going? Pretty good, John. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. Good to connect. Now, uh, before we get into into the, the topic for today, can you give the listener a, a quick background on you know who you are, what you do, and what you're all about? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm based in London in the UK, and I run a marketing agency. So we do consulting and copy, and we build sales funnels and direct response web design. But really what we do is you've kind of touched on it. We help people be themselves in their marketing and get paid for who they are without a bunch of hype and gimmicks. That sounds crazy. This just be yourself. <laughs> it's like the vaguest USP in the world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just be yourself, you know. It's fine. Smell some roses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like, I guess it kind of came from my personal journey because I, like a lot of marketers, discovered marketing, discovered direct response and just like went on an education binge and like learned everything I could and I was already doing web design. So started applying what I was learning for clients and stuff like that. And it got to the stage where I realized I know tons about direct response marketing. Now I know everything I should be doing. I'm doing it for a lot of clients. But for some reason, I'm just not really making it work for myself. It was like, it was like I knew everything I should do, but I was stuck. And that's when I kind of realized that it, it's not about strategy and tactics. It's not about all that stuff. There was like more fundamental stuff that I hadn't figured out, which was like how to actually become prolific, how to identify what my core philosophy was and how to like actually kind of like get the guts to put myself in my marketing because it was like I, I'd have every excuse under the sun for not sending out an email hmm. and it, a lot of it was fear driven I think and kind of like um, overwhelming confusion because it's like there's so many things I could and should be doing but because I wasn't starting from who I was and what was unique about my business it was impossible to choose what to start with so I ended up just not really doing anything. Hmm, okay, okay. And tell me about like, I'm curious before, what I always like to do before we get into the nitty gritty of, of you know, what someone has to do to be themselves, which um, funnily enough, it's, it's, it's funny, once you get used to it, you can, it is pretty, you just be yourself, there's not much to it. But why is this, why is it worthwhile doing this? Like what's the reward? What's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for someone who figures out how to be themselves? I think it's all about energy and longevity. So like if you are following techniques and systems and templates, that's hard work because it's like you're not you're kind of learning someone else's system and you're you're consciously having to work at it. Whereas if you figure out how to be yourself in your marketing, it just becomes this really natural thing. So like running out of ideas isn't something that really happens. Creative blocks aren't an issue. It's not a case of like, oh, I sat down today to do an hour of marketing and I just couldn't think of anything to talk about. Like all that stuff goes away when you're you're doing it in a natural way. It's kind of the difference between having a conversation with someone who you naturally get along with really well, you, you share a lot of things in common, and having a conversation with someone who you just have absolutely nothing in common with, it's like, that's really hard work. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like that. So and, and if you if you find a way to be yourself in your marketing, then it's, you know, it's the long game. It's like, 
that's never going to it's never going to run out that's that's a long-term thing whereas if you're trying to be something that you're not really or trying to do something you don't really care about then that's a you know that burns out eventually that's a that's a short-term thing mm, okay okay it's so, because i think some people are going to be like well what about the money mm-hmm so tell me about that. Like, is this is this just a strategy to kind of make yourself feel better and kind of get a bit more excited and not run out of ideas, or does this translate into into revenue and sales? It totally translates. So it's not a case of be yourself in your marketing or apply strategies and tactics. It's a case of be yourself in your marketing and then choose the strategies and tactics that work for you. So there's a thing in uh, film editing called the rule of six. I can't remember the guy's name, but he um, worked as a film editor on like Apocalypse Now and a bunch of big films. So he has this thing called the rule of six. And it's like the things that are important whenever you're editing film together. And the first two things that are most important is the story and the emotion of the scene. But he says, when you go to film school, the things that they start teaching you about is all the technical stuff of like how to not break the the line and position in the room and all that kind of stuff. So it's like he has that stuff on his list, but they're like five and six. Story and emotion is what they maybe talk to you about for like an hour in film school, but that's the thing that really makes a difference. So it's the same thing. It's like being yourself in your marketing and figuring out what your core message is and all that kind of stuff. Like that is the stuff that no one really teaches you because it's it's hard to it's hard to teach it's a little bit ethereal it sounds a little bit woo woo but that's the stuff that is the most fundamental important stuff it's like the top 20% if we're doing an 80 20 on it so it's not a case of just do that and then forget about everything else it's like get clear on that and then drill down to okay now i have a filter from which i can choose which proven strategies and tactics will work for me and my business so it's a case of you don't have to run around like a headless chicken looking at every shiny object and learning every new strategy and tactic. You have a filter where you can see something new come along and you're like, is that relevant to me or is that not relevant to me? Mm. So you just you pick and choose what's going to work for you. Right, right. It's a bit like uh, you know, everyone, everyone's personality is, is a car. We'll just say a Ferrari and we'll just assume that everyone's personality is as cool as a sports car. And then the fuel is the strategies and the tactics that, that are going to use. Because you can't, mm-hmm. you know, some cars take diesel, some take gas, yeah. and um, natural gas, and some take, you know, petrol or fuel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the different tactics and strategies, they're the different fuels that you can put into the car. But really, at the end of the, like, without the fuel, you're not going anywhere. So you can't just be personality. But without the car, the fuel's absolutely useless. So you really need that car right there. And if you look, if you are being yourself, you're probably much more likely to have the Ferrari. Whereas if if you're just a carbon copy of someone else, then you're probably just a Honda Civic. And you know, there's millions of them out on the road. Whereas if you're being yourself, you're all that one of a kind you know it's, yeah. um, or if you're a Ferrari maybe you want to you know there's there's a hundred of you out there somewhere in the world yeah exactly and I think that that's you've touched on a huge thing because it's like having a, an unshakable USP and, and being unique is something that people obsess over and they think it's like something that they engineer and make up but it's not that's something that you it's something that you uncover if you look at all of the you know anybody who you think has like a really awesome USP and it's really allowed them to rise up to the top of their game it stems from everything about them it's who they are as a person what their experiences have been their values and beliefs all of that stuff and then the reason it's so strong is because it's like virtually impossible to knock off someone's entire life experience so you know it's 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 impossible for competitors to come along and and steam your usp yeah i mean 
the other thing too is like it's a bit like a reputation where you can't steal a reputation of someone. Like if mm-hmm. they've got a reputation for something, well, they've got a reputation for it, and and it's unique because well, it's their reputation. To steal a reputation, you'd have to steal their entire history, which you can't steal someone's history. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know it's interesting from that angle too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And one thing I, I think uh, someone's going to be wondering about here is uh, is this is great for a personal brand sort of business where you have like a you know a small business owner where there's a face at the front and that kind of thing. And uh, but I bet you someone's going to be sitting here going, look, this works for small players. But what if you're a big company? Uh, you know, what if we've got a team? What if it's even a corporate company? Does this personality stuff even work for those kind of companies? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, we have clients who have. You know, they have teams and it's not. So there's someone who, who acts as the face of the marketing. Um, and it doesn't really matter who that person is. Doesn't They don't have to be. Does it have the, to be a real person? It does have to be a real person because it's like if, you don't, if you're not using a real person, you're into the realm of you're, you're trying to fake it. You're trying to make it up and it becomes incredibly hard work. So it, we, have, we have clients who the business owner is the face of the marketing, but they don't write any of the copy. They just sit down with someone maybe like once a year and the person will ask the questions they need to get the material for the stories and stuff like that. Mm. Um, So it doesn't matter the size of the company. Um, And I actually in the past have tried to convince one or two big, like really big corporates to try it. I haven't successfully convinced anyone yet, but it would it would totally work because, you know, people are always buying from other people there's always there's always some a name in the company that they know and that you know i think in marketing people forget sometimes what we're doing we're trying to form real relationships so there's always a human being on the other end and there's always a human being on the business end so that's all really what we're what we're talking about yeah yeah I like it. I like it. Well, let's get into into the uh, the nitty gritty then. Into how how does this actually happen? So this is like, I mean, you can tell someone who's really awkward and socially incapable to, hey man, just be yourself. Go talk to that girl. Or, you know, <laughs> you, you know, go talk to that boy. But it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as just for well, relaxing and being yourself, especially when you, you you haven't done it before and you don't know how to do it. So there's a certain art to bringing this out and getting comfortable with it. So what's, do you have a process that you follow? Yeah, so there's like an in-depth process that we probably don't have time to go through, but I can I can give you the the nutshell and it's actually not as, um, it's, it's more scientific probably than you might think and it's not as daunting as you might think because it's, it's not about unbridled self-disclosure, it's about understanding who you are and who your customer is. So it's, it's about, the best way to explain it is probably to go back to like marketing basics, which is we all know that people know, buy from people they know, like, and trust. And the marketing community is massively obsessed with the know part of that. Like, how do you, how do you, they know about you? Traffic. And traffic's like this easy, invulnerable thing. So everybody's obsessed with traffic. Mm. But the like, the like and trust part is where it gets vulnerable because you have to show who you are. So how do you get people to like you? Well, people like people who are either like how they are or like how they aspire to be. So you have to show your customers that you're both like them and like how they aspire to be. And in this realm, you're kind of getting to a stage where like you have to view your marketing as art. It's like, I think a big problem that a lot of business owners and marketers have is that they still, even if they're completely on board with marketing, they believe in it, they do a lot of it, still somewhere at the back of their mind, there's this belief that like marketing's a little bit, it's a little bit dirty. It's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bombard them. I don't want to hassle them. I don't want to send too many emails. I don't want to put too many messages out there. Yeah. But 
you have to flip it around. You have to elevate your marketing in your mind because as I said, what we're doing is we're forming real relationships. And so when I say you have to think of your marketing as art, it's like your ideal clients are going through their day every single day and they're reading a bunch of stuff and they're watching a bunch of stuff. And the reason that people read the books they read or the articles online or the emails or or watch the films and TV that they watch is for exactly the same reasons as they will end up liking you. It's either they see something in those um, in those books or in those films, they see characters that remind them of how they are or how they aspire to be. Mm. So if you view your marketing messages in that same way, then it's like, you know, when Vince Gilligan is, is writing Breaking Bad, he wasn't thinking, should I write another episode? I don't know. I don't want to annoy them. I don't want to bombard them. It's like he knows that people are on the edge of their seat waiting to consume more of his stuff. So you have to get to the stage where that's how you're approaching your marketing. So the way you do that is you start with the customer first. So so we're not talking about just like machine gun self-disclosure of like, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there, put myself out there. You start with who your customer is. Mm. So if you think if you think about a Venn diagram, you have two circles. One is you. And you're made up of all your life experiences, your values and beliefs, your hopes, dreams and fears, basically how, how you see the world. Mm. And then the, the second circle is your ideal customer, their values and beliefs, their life experiences, all that stuff. And the intersection point between the two is what I call the empathy zone. So this zone is where you draw your marketing messages from. It's where your USP comes from. This is where This is where all of the being yourself stuff comes from yeah so a big mistake that a lot of people make is they hear like oh you should just be yourself in your marketing and they go out and they just start writing stories about themselves and they're they're pulling from like the entire circle that is them and two things happen one is it can turn off a lot of your potential clients because you've you've you're oversharing you've gone to zones that aren't relevant to them and the second thing is that it can feel kind of vulnerable and it can feel kind of oh i this is uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to do this. So what they don't get is that you tell your stories and you show yourself, but you really, what you're doing is you're telling your customer their own stories. So you you mean by that? So you're pulling from the, the empathy zone, which means you're identifying something in your ideal customer. So you're like, okay, well I know that my customers have a lot of, um, fear around this area. And so like something I might write about is, um, I know that a lot of a lot of business owners out there, just because of the nature of what they do and their role, have this kind of fear of they feel a little bit like a fraud sometimes. They feel a little bit like an imposter. They're they're always like maybe just like one or two steps ahead of their clients, and they fear the day that a client comes along and asks them to do something that they don't know how to do. So I know, okay, my my clients have a kind of weak spot around this. Mm. So what I'll do is I won't tell a story about a client feeling like that. I'll be like, okay, well, when's the time that I felt like that? When's the time that I was afraid of being found out or I felt like an imposter? So I'm telling a story from my own life, but really I'm reading them a page from their diary. It's interesting because 
one thing that's going on here is that like it's the, the story is not the important part. It's the emotion that's happening. So when you tell a story yeah. about uh, a time that you failed or a time that you, you were scared of saying something, that kind of thing, what it does is while, I mean, this is how we all communicate is when you're telling that story, yeah, you're telling it and they're hearing your story about you, but they're imagining the story. You know, we all imagine you know, ourselves in a story. So if you tell a story like that, they're putting themselves in those shoes and imagining the same thing happening to them. So it's like when we go to the movies, the reason the movie is interesting is because we're living uh, viscera. What's, what's the word? We're, we're living through the actors on the screen. Vicariously. Vicariously. That's it. I, was like, I can't believe I can't think of that. I'm meant to be a writer. But, uh, but yeah, so living vicariously through the actors on a screen, that's what's happening when you tell that story. Um, yeah, so it's exactly the same thing in your marketing. And you should think of it in those terms. You should think like you're writing a mini movie. Every email you write is like a mini movie. So you have to be showing, okay, well, how can I let them live vicariously through me? Not just to see how their life as it is, but also how they aspire to be. So I like to tell... So usually what I'll do is I'll tell a story that relates the emotion. That So it's like I've identified, okay, they feel like a fraud in these scenarios. I'm going to tell a story of a time when I felt like a fraud. And then the resolution at the end is usually kind of, it's not like a cheesy, but everything's great. But but it's usually a, a positive, it's, a, it's like a positive affirmation of their identity in a way. So it's kind of like saying, yeah, you know, this stuff happens. I'm sure. I'm sure you've you felt like this before. And if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you're out at the at the edge. You're a leader. You have to go into these these realms. And this is just like sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. But this is part of the game. This is who we are. This is what we signed up for. Hmm. It's funny. One thing that we think it's think it's kind of interesting is that like when people think about like being themselves, it's it's kind of like we think it's something that you can't script out. You can't. Uh, you know, you can't turn it into a formula because it's unique and, you know, that's just, it's just, it sounds like sketchy. But, uh, you know, one way I think about it and, and the way this makes a lot of sense is when I'm going to write an email and when I'm going to write a sales letter, yeah, it's about, uh, you know, it's, you know, I think about the benefits and the hooks and all that kind of thing. But when it comes to the story, you're absolutely right in this idea that, that the story has to be told. Like, I can't just tell any random story. The story has to be something that's going to resonate with the person on the other end. And they're thinking, man, I this person gets me. This makes so mm-hmm. sense. I want to be, you know, they want to be you or or they're thinking, you know, this guy's just like me. He, he, he understands exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and most people, like bad copywriters will stop. They'll do that, but they'll stop at a really kind of superficial level. So they'll stop at the problem that the product solves. So it'll be like, you know, okay, what, what problem does this product solve? Okay, I'll show that I'll tell a story that demonstrates that I also had this problem and now it's solved. But the really good ones dive deep down into the psyche of, of the customer. So it's almost like, you know, the customer comes, they'll read the sales page and they watch a video or whatever and they'll come away being like, I don't really know why I like that guy, but there's something about him. I trust him. Mm. So it's like you, you almost like, because that's, that's, Something that I hear a lot from people as well is like, oh, you know, I sell, um, I have a client who sells natural slate. It's like, I sell natural slate. How many times can I write an email about natural slate? About, and it's about like what? natural slate. So, you know, like for slate roofs. Oh, slate, like a slate roof. Okay, okay. I didn't know yeah. what you're saying there. Slate, natural slate. <laughs> it's my accent. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's like, how many emails can I write about Slate? Like people really don't care that badly about Slate. But it's like you can, you know, when you're doing your marketing this way, you can almost ignore what you sell in a lot of ways, which is like 
incredibly freeing whenever it comes to having to put together your your emails and all that kind of stuff because you're connecting with your customer at a micro level so you know like whenever I'm talking to clients and whenever I'm writing emails about you feel like a fraud I'm not talking about marketing I'm not talking about websites but they read the story and by the end of it they're like I want to buy it what are you selling I want to I want to talk to you yeah I you know it's like you get me yeah, it's interesting because like to, for the empathy to work, uh, the empathy has to, like, you know, it really is that story. It's not enough to be like, well, here's a phrase that, you know, that's in my head. But it's that, you know, I know it and it works. This is the funny thing. It works like you're a copywriter and like I'm a copywriter and I know it. It works on me when I land on a page because I have, unless I was completely desireless, of course it's going to work. Because if I'm going through yeah. my day thinking, you know, I've got low energy and, uh, you know, I've been eating too much bread and I don't know, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning I couldn't make it to the gym and then someone told a story about how <laughs> that exact same thing happens it would be like holy shit this yeah they'd be like whoa whoa this guy's like exactly you just nailed it right there yeah yeah totally and if they talked about the emotion of you know I didn't want to get out of bed this morning I didn't go to the gym and I felt like a complete piece of yeah. garbage uh and they describe that kind of like that visceral emotion that you experienced then you're completely sold because you're like okay it's like they've it's like they've been inside your head. Mm, it's incredible. So I'm curious then. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on it. What's uh, what's a story about you then that, that you that you share when it comes to this kind of stuff? Um, wow, there's been so many. Okay, so um, something. I don't know if I've ever written about this, but from a copywriting perspective, I definitely went through a phase where I was writing. I was a copywriter. I was writing. Um, copy for clients and you know clients would ask questions why are you doing this why are you doing that and I still so outwardly I had to kind of live like oh I know exactly what I'm doing I yeah you know you ask me questions I'll tell you the answers I'm talking to clients on on the phone it's like whatever their question was I had an answer because I had to have an answer mm. but really behind the scenes I was like frantically anytime I saw a new product about copywriting or a book that I hadn't read I felt like I just had like this tension and this kind of like massive sense of scarcity that like I have no idea what I'm doing here look at look at all this stuff that I haven't learned about copywriting mm. and and maybe the answers I'm giving clients are not maybe they're not right and I always had this like fear of other copywriters seeing my copy and because it was like oh my god if they see my copy Maybe, you know, maybe they'll see that, you know, it's like, oh, well, actually, this is this is not good copy. And maybe I'm making my biggest fear was like maybe I'm making like really obvious small mistakes because it's like as you as you learn to become a copywriter, you spot like certain language and it's like, oh, God, why? Why are they talking about um, why are they saying it's, it's simple things like don't say price, say investment. And it's like. Maybe there are things like that that I don't know that other copywriters are looking at and, you know, saying like, oh, my God, she's not a good copywriter. And like I've I'd spoken to clients where they'd be like, oh, I spoke to this copywriter and he said this other guy who I thought was good is rubbish. And it was like, oh, God, maybe this is happening about me. And it was and it was all entirely in my head. But it was like there was a period of time where I just couldn't shake this that sense of, of scarcity and that sense of like, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if I'm any good. And I think that all copywriters go through that because it's, you know, it's, it's only natural. And also when you, when you live in a world where there's like a new copywriting product that comes out every 30 seconds, mm. you, you physically can't 
digest everything. Yeah. So yeah, getting over that kind of sense of scarcity was a, a huge thing for me. And and that happened at the time when I went into the, the be yourself market and stuff because really what was going on was I was trying to be all things to all men. It was like I was trying to be an expert in every tiny little aspect of copywriting. And it was like, you know what? That's not who I am. That's not what I want to do. And it's like when you when you go into being yourself, you get you get this like kind of confidence that comes with it where it's like, this is my area. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. This is what is naturally a great fit for me. And, and you have this new kind of confidence in mm. it. And it also, it gives you permission to be like, oh, that thing over there, I, that's not really my area. Let me put you in touch with someone who'd be better to write copy in that niche or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. So then what happened? What, what Was there a turning point where you... Because I think this is really interesting. This is really relevant. What was the turning point that triggered like the going from the scarcity thinking to, you know, I've got this? Was it, you know, was there a, was there was there a single moment when it sort of clicked, or was it uh, step by step, like a very gradual process that were you know confidence that built over time? It was kind of a gradual thing, but the moment where it solidified was um, I did a day's consulting with um, Perry Marshall. He came to London a few years ago, and and. He hot-seated me, and this was what I, what I kind of wanted to work on, where I was like, look, I, I feel like my business is doing one thing, but I really care about another thing, and there is an overlap, but I haven't quite made it all work yet. Mm. Um, and so we talked through it for the day, and I didn't come away with anything like crystal clear, okay, this is what I should do, but I had I had more clarity in my head of like where I wanted to go. But I decided, seeing as I'd spent all that money on on the consultant, then I should at least do something. So Perry had kind of flippantly suggested that I should do a, a 30 and 30, 30 emails in 30 days. So I was like, okay, I will, I'll, I'll do this 30 and 30 and just, I didn't really have a, a an outcome for it. It was just like, I, I'll start putting myself into these emails. It, it'll just be a way to make sure that I do something with the stuff I've learned. Mm. And that 30 and 30, so I call it, um, I think you can still get on my website. I call it the 30 days of self-disclosure. Um, and that was where I started putting myself into my marketing and basically kind of practicing what I had been quietly preaching. Um, and that was when I did that and I started to see the response it was getting from my list. That was like whenever it kind of like clicked and it was like, okay, the, like the sense of confidence came from there. It was like, okay, this, this is a thing. This works. Um, I don't need to worry about it. I just need to, to go with it. Nice. Yeah, I can see it on your website right here. That's very cool. So we're right, we're right on time here. But uh, it sounds like I mean, one of the best ways for someone to next steps for someone to go check out would be, would be this course. But if people want to learn more about you or about the self-disclosure thing or uh, even just about this general idea of being vulnerable, where's the best place for them to do that? So the best place to go, we made a, we made a little film um, at the end of last year, which kind of sums it all up. It's like 12 minutes long. You can see it on meganmacedo.com forward slash be hyphen yourself. Great. What I'll do is I'll have a link to that in the show notes at uh, themcmethod.com. I just found the video here, so this looks interesting. A film about one business owner's journey from entrepreneurial block and personal crisis to freedom, fulfillment, and marketing that matters. Very cool. Megan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. It's been fun. Hey. 
Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.